Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. Looks like it's going to be Gomez with his right foot. Is it going to be Harrison with his left? Central position, three yards from the D. Free kick taken by Gomez! Yes! That was a fabulous free kick from Andre Gomez! Right-footed, like a rocket shot, and it cannoned in off the inside of the post. Mikolenko for Dwight McNeil. McNeil gets the ball taken off him. And Palace advanced down the right-hand side. In it comes, danger for Everton, driven shot, great save there from Edward by Jao Virginia. Palace will feel that they can still keep themselves in this tie. Moving forward down the left-hand side. Chance at the far post. And Palace, oh, great an save. opportunity, driven shot. Good save there by Yao Virginia. And Everton smash it downfield. Wonderful goalkeeping again. Hello Blues and welcome to the Toffee Web Podcast. Only our third of the year for a variety of reasons, not least the paucity of games Everton have played during this bizarre winter break. They have of course filled the gap a bit themselves with an FA Cup replay where they edged Crystal Palace by that fine Andre Gomez goal, but they're not in action again until the 27th 
when they face Luton Town in the fourth round. Then, of course, there's a trip to Fulham and three Premier League games in 11 days, and I'm sure the scheduling makes sense to someone. In the meantime, it's never dull off the pitch as the takeover saga runs and runs and Everton face the possibility of going before four different commissions and appeals before the end of the season as they fight two charges by the Premier League of reaching profitability and sustainability rules. Here to go through it all with me, Lyndon Lloyd, are Paul Trail and Andy Howard. Paul, first off, how are you? Fine, mate, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, can't complain. Um... Yeah, strange Everton at the moment. It's always strange Everton, isn't it? But uh, it just feels a very strange period at the moment. It's, it's always something going on. But then big big spaces between games and then loads of games. And yeah, it's all a bit mad at the moment, isn't it? But um, yeah, all, all, all good here, mate. Andy, how are you doing, mate? Uh, well, I'm all right. I, I, feel, I feel strangely blasé about Everton at the moment in terms, not on the pitch, just in terms of all the off the pitch stuff. I know we'll come on to it, but my mate texted me the other day and said, is there a day that Everton don't have a day off? Um, and it, it, it felt like that for ages, but I must admit in the last, with this new charge and the kind of the last bit of this, I've kind of just puffed my cheeks out and gone, oh, Everton, crikey. Um, <laughs> how much energy can I give this at the moment? Um and that's not to say that when you, you watch a match or there's a, a game on, you, you obviously, you know, that's full-blooded, but all the other stuff, yeah. But no, apart from that, off away from Everton, um, absolutely fine. I watched a bit of Masters Snooker at Ali Pali uh, last week, which was uh, very oh, good yeah. fun. Um, would recommend that to anybody that likes a bit of snooker. Great venue to watch sport in. Um, and um, yeah, got entertained with a, with a proper 6-5 thriller. So that was great. Ah, very nice. Yeah, I wonder what fans of like other normal clubs do in this period when when there's no football. I mean, because with Everton, there's a, there's a headline almost every day. Yeah, you know, I think that's what he meant. It was he he put it on a group where there's a few fans of different clubs, like a Bristol City fan, a Man United fan, a Spurs fan, and it was he was like, "Crikey, like, when does it when does it stop for Everton?" And I was like, "Well, you know." I'm not going to think too much about it, but like I think to everybody else, we're we're so we're so busy, we're so bizarre. Yeah, it's just a, a basket case, isn't it? Anyway, um, <laughs> we can touch on the draw with Villa as well as we go. But um, Paul, why don't you go first on the Palace game because uh, you might have been the only one to actually see it, seeing as you were there, and it was hardly <laughs> on TV anywhere in the world, as there were no streams. Uh, it didn't sound like the greatest of games. It sounded as though it was bloody cold as well. But uh, yeah, not 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 one of the best performances. But we're into the next round, which is all that counts, really, isn't it? Yeah, spot on. Um, yeah, it was. I quite enjoyed it. Was, it, was, it, was, it was, I, I just found it quite amusing that it wasn't on anywhere and all these different ways people have of watching games now. That <laughs> just found it quite. It just it just tickled me a bit there. It was just nowhere to be seen anywhere. Um, that doesn't really really happen um but yeah obviously you I, I had a good view it was good um i i i actually quite enjoyed the battle of the game now you, I'm not, no one no one who was there would ever say oh wow you, you guys who didn't get to watch it you missed the classic that wouldn't be true but um i thought it was in, a, in a kind of way it was classic cup cup football i guess and that like neither team obviously really had anything to lose them sort of games often about 
fourth three or something like that, I suppose. But just two teams having a, a good scrap, you know what I mean, getting into it a little bit. It was a bit of a a bit of a battle in there, I thought. Like there was, you know, the quality was low. Both teams were guilty of surrendering surrendering possession uh, quite a lot. Probably was a bit more than Palace, if we're honest. And um yeah, but you know, it was a bit of low quality, but players getting stuck in, a few good performances there throughout and um yeah. I thought obviously the the keeper Virginia did 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 really really well and um, again he did really well in the first game at um, at, at Selhurst Park and you you thought oh he's done great we, maybe we can rely on him but to back that up again with another really solid performance and clean sheet perhaps perhaps even better performance this time he had a bit more to do I think yeah. than he did at Selhurst Park so um, really good made some really good saves really good looks looks composed um, so really pleased with him that that that's really good. And just good performances. I thought Anana had a had a good game in there. I thought he I thought he did pretty well. I thought Dominic did quite well up front. Bless him, needs a goal, but he you know, he did okay. And uh, obviously Andre Gomez, um, great to see him score. It was funny we were, <clears throat> we um me and my mate when it, when we got the free kick, it was a wild challenge by the defender, and uh, we got we got the free kick. And I was like, I saw Gomez and Jack Harrison over this, and I think we had a little bit of a joke. It's like. We know this isn't going in. When we have a score, you looked at his I said, even when I started going off on a bit of a rant, why haven't we got actually a designated free kick taker? You know, McNeil come, you know, with that blase of it not of it going into Rose head or hitting the wall or something. It was like, yeah, we've got McNeil can put a good corner in, but no one really you know, strikes a good free kick. And then Gomez, he's not going to, what? <laughs> and then yeah, the, uh, see the ball flying. It's absolutely beautiful free kick. So, um, yeah, good on him. So that was, uh, that was really nice. And poor game, poor game settled by a. Uh, by a um, good moment of quality, I suppose, and uh, even into the heart. I think over the two legs, um, the, the the game and the replay, we, we've been the better side. I think over the, over over both games. I mean, that's fair to say, and uh, deserves to be. We probably should have gone in through in the first the first one, really. Um, but yeah, um, pleasing to go in, um, and it's nice to you know another home game and um, get through that. And suddenly it's last sixteen, and you know you can you can start to dream a little bit, I suppose, can't you? So good that they're taking it seriously. Yeah, I've watched um, a fair bit of it back. Um, uh, what struck me was how competent a side we are without the ball. I think against any opponent now, we look organised, we look really capable of winning the ball back. Um, we've got a great shape. We're, well, I've, I've, I've very rarely seen Everton teams win the second ball quite as much as this lot do. They, they, they are really switched on when they haven't got the ball. <laughs> the problem, the problem is when... <laughs> I know where you're going yeah, with this. <laughs> we all know where we're going with this. The problem is when we get it back. And um, it's just it's just a frustrating watch, isn't it? I mean, the, you, you, you win the ball back in sometimes such good areas and it's either decision making or it's execution or it's a it just looks like the front four or five have never met and it just it just all breaks down very quickly when the good sides and i know when you know let's not walk, you know run before we can walk but i know the the good sides if they got in half the positions everton do they would seriously trouble the keeper um and we just don't. The number of times, watching it back, the number of times last night that we had the ball in really quite dangerous positions and it's that last bit. But we didn't even make a chance. It's not as if we're missing loads now. It's just that we don't even get to the point of having a chance. 
when really we should, you know, we should have the opportunity to take to, to have more chances. Um, you know, the number of times in the first half that the ball kind of just either went out behind the goal or went behind a player or someone took three touches when one would have done. It just, you know, that's the frustration. I, I mean, I'd back us against anybody. And we've seen that, I suppose, over the last few weeks, haven't we? Uh, to, to, to stay in a game, to be, you know, to be well set up, to 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 get the ball back, to, to fight, to, all those things, all those things that will make us a, a decent Premier League side halfway up, probably. But, you know, they, they desperately need to work on what happens when they get the ball. I'm sure they are. I'm, but, I mean, that is um, <clears throat> because, you know, the, the game could have been, the game could have been all over, you know, if, if we had one or two real top executors in that in that final third. Yeah, I, I find myself thinking that on a virtually week to week basis right now, you know, just comparing how other teams, <laughs> how other teams function in the final third compared to us. And I think we can merge this one into into the Villa game because that I thought was a really creditable point, obviously, against what was the second best team in the country at the time. But the performance was pretty limited going forward. I mean, the contrast between the two teams who were more or less in the same state just before the, the last World Cup when Villa sacked Gerrard, but we kept Lampard. I mean, it's it's kind of depressing. But I mean, I know where we are. I, you know, I, I will say that Unai Emery inherited a better team. Overall, I think he's got more quality in the team than he inherited. Villa have recruited really, really well. They've obviously got you know a, a top striker in Ollie Watkins. Um but they were superior to us in all departments, really. I mean, maximum effort being the minimum requirement is great, of course, but it also can't be the ceiling either. I mean, at some point, you you need to play football, and we're just not doing it enough. And so, you know, I, I thought Villa were actually far better at what is our main game plan, which is hitting the front quickly with a direct ball. They were finding they were finding their players in a way that we just weren't. And as you said, Andy, the number of times that a ball just is lumped forward and it just ends up you know, either going into touch or behind the you know the opposition goal line. It's it's annoying, but I mean, I just have to keep reminding myself that this is going to be another grind of a season. We've got a small squad that's been asked to do an awful lot, um, but I do worry about the quality of football we're playing because you know, obviously, the, the effectiveness of your performances and the results you can achieve are kind of tied to how well you can actually move the ball around and, and, and as you say, create chances or not. Um, so when I'm thinking, I'm trying not to think too far ahead, obviously, because you've got so much crap to get through on the pitch, off the pitch, before we can even get, get through this season. But longer term, Sean Dyke, I want to see some evidence that we're going to improve uh, and not just sort of, you know, by by acquiring new players, because Lord knows we're not going to be able to actually buy another, <laughs> another player at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'd still always caveat that of, you know, we're head and shoulders above what we were about a year ago. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And you've got to let him. And he hasn't really been able to manoeuvre in the transfer market, has he? And, yeah. and, and, that, and that's the thing. He's he's a lot to deal with. And maybe we've got to kind of accept that this might be as good as it gets at, at the moment. I'll take your point. I mean, there was you, you've made the point quite a few times on this podcast, Andy, of um, <laughs> we've very good to get to that position of, one more pass before the pass, which would be the goal, if you know what I mean. And it's just like, so it's just so fun. There was there was so many so many uh, instances instances of that last night. It was a bit, it got it got a bit a bit ridiculous, really. But is the 
is the is the common common denominator here? Is it the lack of Abdoulaye Decore? Now I know he played against Aston Villa, but he looked pretty rusty to me, and obviously mm. being back, he wasn't quite. But you think he's been available throughout the time he's been available? Somebody will be out of the stats on it. Villa Everton had created so many more opportunities in, in, in throughout nearly all the games. I think throughout the whole season. Now since he's been since he's been out of the team. The goals are the goals are really dried up. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We're, do, we're doing well defensively. Uh, the the Wolves game aside, I suppose. Um, seven clean sheets in eleven. That's really really admirable. They're doing really really well to keep teams out. Um, but yeah, I think that and the news that the Cody is going to be out for a little bit longer again now is a worry for me. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. I've always thought the Cody's a very 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 frustrating player, but the the numbers don't lie there. The goals and assists that he's he's provided and just nuisance value and effort and, and determination. Yeah, I mean all them things and it's not necessarily perhaps the things that he's doing on the ball that are that are helping us create opportunities. It's the positions that he's filling, the work he's putting in, the you know the you know the distraction and the distraction and the uh the you know uh, the, the the thought that he's got to occupy defenders with, um, so I wonder. I, I don't. I'm not saying oh he's back in the team. Is suddenly going to start creating six good shot opportunities a game again? But I think it's it's a real loss. I think at the moment, and um, we're just going to have to have to find a way to to figure that out um, uh, without him. Um, and it also doesn't help it that Dominic's obviously not putting the ball in in the net at the moment either. You know what I mean? So the sources of goals are really hard to come by at the moment, and. I, we can't go on just relying on a, a superlative Andre Gomez free kick even there. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, or it always feels like to me the weight seems to fall on Dwight McNeil an awful, an awful lot of like if he does, if he's not the guy who's going to whip the whip, whip the ball in for, for Dominic or whatever, then who is? You know what I mean? If he's not the guy who's going to take it and just smash it into the goal, then who is? You know what I mean? And it's you know we just need more. We need more from out. I think I guess in, in that department we need. Um, Kind of everyone really to be chipping in a bit more. There was a stage when Mikalenko was popping up with goals. Now he shouldn't be your main source of goals. Garner hasn't scored for a while. Vanfrey hasn't scored. Yeah, you know I mean, just yeah, uh, Tarkovsky. Yeah, you know I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, I think we just need a bit more from everyone really. If uh, if um, the striker isn't scoring the goals and the core is not available, so um, that's a challenge for Sean. He's got a bit of time to work on it, I guess, and uh, think about it. But yeah, that's uh, that's what because we'll be in danger if we don't find a way to start scoring goals. We can't rely on players being available all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we keep a lot of clean sheets. It's going to be the odd game when we don't. And we, I mean, so, we, yeah, it's, it's certainly something we have to address and uh, more composure around the area would, I guess, be, you know, would, would, would certainly help that. But having your best players available would, <laughs> is obviously going to be the, the big thing there. I think what the core does is add, he adds chaos. You know, if if you look at the scenario last night, um, you know, you you could kind of see, you could see Everton's threat. If you were Palace, it it was kind of, it was all quite obvious what we're going to try and do. I think Decore adds a level of chaos, uncertainty, um, unpredictability, which instantly starts to pull people around a little bit. I don't think it's his decision making or his poise or his creativity or any of those <laughs> things. I'm not sure he's got any of those things. Um, I, I think what it's lacking in general is a decision, a decision making in general, and then a confidence 
from making the right decisions. You know, I, I think if if Everton scored a couple of goals that went forward with a bit of fluidity and was a quick passing move that all of a sudden, oh, there's a bloke there to tap it in. Fantastic. You know, I think if we did that a couple of times, you'd get the confidence of doing it. Where, where it looks like they are at the moment is that they're getting, they're doing everything brilliantly to a point. And then because it's gone wrong a couple of times in the final third, everyone tries to do this thing that they may not be, uh, you know, au fait of doing, and it just breaks down. Or someone doesn't make the run because they think, well, am I going to get the ball? It, it, you know, it just feels like we're kind of, we're just stuck behind be, between a rock and a hard place at, in the final third at the moment. That's how it feels. Um, I suppose even within that, if you've got a Decore in there as well, it's an extra body. It's someone doing something a bit off the cuff, which mm. which sometimes helps. Um but I, you know, I, I, I think we've said it for a while, haven't we? We, 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 we lack a natural creator, someone to pick a pass, and because there's not been a natural creator in the team, players aren't making runs for a creator, you know, and that's 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 been the problem, really. Yeah, I, mean, I think with some of us were looking, maybe James Garner could be that player, but he just doesn't seem to do it regularly enough. But I think I think you're right about Decore. He is that he is that natural link between obviously the midfield and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And we haven't got anyone who fills that role quite as well. And Jack Harrison is, he's a really interesting player because he's such a, he's so important to how we play defensively, but he's very frustrating as an attacking player because it's so much of what he does doesn't come off. Whereas with Decore, sometimes it just seems to, you know, by hook or by crook. And so I think, yeah, if, if he's going to be out for another, I mean, I know the rumour was another four weeks. Let's hope it's not that long. But if it is, I mean, he would probably miss three Premier League matches, three really important Premier League matches. Um, so we, we've got to find someone to fill that role. It doesn't seem as though Dan Jume is quite the number 10 type. Harrison, as I say, you know, sort of buzzes around and leads the press really well. But again, he's not that player who's going to consistently unlock a defence or or um, partner Calvert-Lewin in the way that we'd want. So it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a conundrum, and I suppose we assume that no one else comes in before the end of the window on loan. I, mean, I know we're kind of looking at the loan market. I think the speculation around um, Hannibal, who's just gone to Sevilla, suggests that you know if, if there's an opportunity there, we'll take it. I hope we do. Um, but I just, I don't know, we just feel so short of options. That's the thing that concerns me is so few ways to change things. Yeah, and we've banged that drum a few times, haven't we? Yeah. It's just there. They, they, I don't think there's many more limited squads uh, that we have. We can, we can put, a, we can put if everyone's fit, we can put a good eleven out. Yeah. Um, but um, we don't have an awful lot beyond that, um, really. So that's uh, that, that's the big problem we got. I think uh, as well asking Garner to do the job a bit further forward. I mean, in, in the absence of Adrissa Gay, who's going to be who's going to be on for a little while, he's got to be more. Do, he's got to do all the defensive work. If Gay's there. Garner could play in the team Andrew forward a bit, but yeah, I mean, so it's 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 another body where um well we're limited we're limited there, so it's um it's going to be really really tough. But the, again, they've got to find a way. Sean's a calm, got a calm head. I think he I think he will find a way. I, I trust him to sort of uh, work with what he's got and uh and, and find solutions. So um, we have to see. I think the, the the breaks come at a good time now, and I think the game being a cup game after that. I don't know how I don't know how interested Luton will be either. It could be an opportunity to sort of you know um, yeah that's you know, what I was thinking yeah, yeah it could be an opportunity there to maybe you know work on a few things or you know put some of the things you've worked on into into practice. Ashley Young's back soon now. Um, 
it could be an opportunity, I guess, to play young further forward. And Harvest, I think Harrison's best game for us was perhaps against Newcastle when he was more of a midfield. Hmm. He was, I thought he had a really good game there. So maybe maybe that's a, a solution of sorts in the interim. Um, who knows? But he, want, he might want young at right back because... Coleman could be out for a while again too. We just, you know, it's 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 whatever we look, it's it's um it, it's difficult. I thought um I thought Patterson did quite well last night as well. By the way, just uh just as a bit of an aside, I'd like to maybe <laughs> see, him, see him trust him a bit more. But it's funny, I'm laughing because I, it's it's funny. Patterson, I've seen the opposite opinion, and I've also seen the complete opposite opinion about Onana. But people say that Onana was terrible last night, and then the other half are saying that he was one of his best games. It's, it's so bizarre, isn't it? How people <laughs> Funny, see it. it. <laughs> what, what I'd say with Onana, and now I've I've always thought Onana's got good qualities. He's he's obviously obviously a good player, and at quite a young age, he's got you know he's he's got, he's got a lot of good attributes, but. It's only the last few games I've really noticed him sort of take more responsibility in games. I think, and he mm-hmm. really noticed him. He, he, he might have always done this. I, I don't know, and I've just I've just more recently noticed. I'm not sure, but I think he really takes care of the ball well. I think he's one one of them players like when the ball's coming to him, he knows what he's going to do with it before he gets it. Well, yeah. a lot of our players they get to it and then it's just a gaze example. You get it and then you go, Oop, now what do I do? Yeah, I mean, like um, whereas he knows beforehand, he's a step ahead. And things like that. He's got a lot to do. He's got a lot to learn still as well. But he's, he's probably the best, the, probably the best tackler at the club as well. I think so. He's certainly got a lot of um, a lot of good attributes. Like, I think I don't know if I'm, I'm probably this might not be a popular opinion, but I think he's really kicked on. And I, that might not be demonstrated by goals and assists and whatever else, but I think his general play overall is very good. Um, I think if he's got Idris again there as well, don't think, I don't think there's a lot. Maybe he takes more responsibility and gets forward more. And gets, I mean, so we have got in players there. About, it's just figuring out a way, isn't it, with what we've got? And um, yeah. that's what he's going to do. We've got a lot of good, a lot of good players. We've got good players. Just need to find a way to to, to sort of manoeuvre them around. I think isn't the good thing is a few of them show a good degree of flexibility as well with positions. So. You know, not all's not lost there, but yeah, it's just going to have to work hard on solutions and hope that there's no more injuries. That's going to be a big key issue. Yeah, I agree. I think he's become more. Look, he looks more and more like an assured six. You know, as you say, yeah. just just yeah. receiving the ball off the back four, knowing what he's going to do with it, being the 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 prime tackler when um, Adrissa Gay is not there. And if that's the case, then that solves that issue when Gay is not there, and it should free the likes of Garner up to then do more work for the forward. I think it's something uh, El was saying quite a while back, actually. I didn't really agree with him at the time. So, no one's best should be in the six. I was like, no, yeah. he's, he should be more favour forward. But he's got more uh, capability. But, yeah, it's, he, I think he's right, actually. He, he certainly, if, if I didn't think he was right then, I do now because I think he's matured a fair bit as a player in that time. I think he's really sort of, yeah, yeah I think you're right. That'd be his best position uh, mm. at the moment. But, yeah, um, let's see how he gets used. It is unfortunate that... Um... That Young has been out, that may have freed somebody up to to be the Decore replacement when Decore is not there, like a Harrison, or a, you know, could have tried that more often. I, I even think it's unfortunate, and we I don't know how the details of this the, the deal would have panned out, but he probably would have thought that Delhi would have played a game or two by now, mm-hmm. and which is the one yeah. we always forget. Yeah. I mean, I, know, I I don't know whether he would have played six by now or whatever it is that he 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 has to play before we pay anything i don't know how i don't know you know how that would have um how that would have worked but 
I would have, I, I, by the way that Deitch was talking and actually the way Delhi was talking, I, I would have thought, especially by now in maybe one of the cup games or that we would have seen him. And he is that, he is definitely that player that's neither a midfielder nor a striker yeah. that, um, that can actually do both. Um, that could have been really useful just for three, four games to have had the option of bringing him on or, you know, so I, I think that's unfortunate as well, you know. Um, but he's no, had I, two, I, sorry, sorry, I was say he's had two major setbacks, hasn't he, Delia? And I think if you'd asked Sean Deitch at the beginning of the season, he would have pinpointed maybe the turn of the year, the new year as kind of having really sort of fit and raring to go. And the fact that he's kind of broken down twice has wrecked all those plans, I think. Yeah, I don't know whether we'll ever see those uh, five or six games. But, um, mm. yeah, that's unfortunate. Because um, I, 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 I'm sure I'm, I would have I would have thought, it, even in the summer, the thinking was, well, you know, we, we know that he will be back at some point. There is a period of time that we could play him for. He could take some pressure off the squad. But that's just not come to anything. So, and I still maintain that, if he was back and fit and um, and focused on football, that you would struggle to get anybody better for the money we owe Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's frustrating because you really want to see if, if he's got his head right and he could actually be even halfway mm. to the point that he was at his best. Yeah. You know, that's the annoying thing is you kind of think if you've got your head right, mate, and you can get your body right, then he could be some player for us. But I, I think I agree with you, Andy. I don't. I don't think we're going to be going to see it because he can't get fit. No. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it, does it? Yeah. It just feels like it's yeah another breakdown and another breakdown. Yeah. It 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 is, it is a real shame. I'd love to see him get a few games, even if it, even if the you know it got to a point where oh we're safe, we're fine, and you know just. What the heck? Give him a few games. It, you know, even something, it'd be great, wouldn't it? But yeah, it's you're right in that he would, <laughs> he, he would be in a position to really contribute at the moment. I think, yeah, certainly. <laughs> I'd forgotten about him myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think of the the Corey not there. He's yeah, he'd be perfect right there, wouldn't he? Yeah, just just behind Dominic. Um, yeah, so we can see it at some point. Annoying. Uh off the pitch. Yeah. Another independent commission looming. Uh, I I thought we'd be okay this time around and that we'd done just enough in the last, you know, the last financial year to, to sneak in under the wire where PSR was concerned. So I was a bit surprised when the report came out the night before from David Ornstein that, you know, we were going to be referred to another commission over alleged breaches. Uh, but then I suppose if you look at the fact that the two combined COVID years are still there, it makes sense that if they said they were, we were over last year, then by their numbers, we're over again this year. And it's important to to kind of correct what the Premier League said about Everton, confirming that they're in breach. Everton haven't confirmed that they're in breach. They've just said we've had to submit the numbers we've had to submit that show we're in breach because of the way that you ruled last time. So, I mean, you know, everything obviously hinges on hinges on the appeal. But, you know, so, so we've got this overlap and the stuff that the Premier League aren't allowing us to claim in mitigation. Uh, the biggest nonsense here, though, is the double jeopardy aspect, isn't it? And this idea that not only could we be punished for the same period of time twice, but we could also be hit with two points deductions 
within the same season. I don't even know where to where to go with it anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, you can just go. I, I just feel like you can just kind of go go a little bit one at a time. Really, I mean, I'm really not try, trying not to think about the second breach and just see see what we can do to, you know, it's like sort of damage control with the first, isn't it? To see what can we yeah. what can we bring back? Can we uh, reclaim? I don't know what what would what would be seen as a bit of a win now. You know, five points back, something like that. I don't know, and then you know, um, and aren't they feeling that they can negate the second breach with their appeal for the first one? That will, I guess, be yeah. utopia. I guess if we can half the punishment and and squat and and, and, and quash the the uh, the second breach in doing so, um, then I guess give us an extra five points, and I think we'd be more than fine. I, I would have thought with you know with with whatever that plus whatever points we we get in the remainder of the of the season. Um, I mean, watching the, the, I'm sure you've both seen bits of the the, the sort of commission hearing with um, Masters uh, the other day, and um, you know you, you, you'd like to think that our what's his name, Mister Silk, uh, the um, yeah, the, uh, the, the 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 QC, the lawyer we got there. The um, you got to think he's if if he's looking at that, he, you know, if he's as good as he's supposed to be, he must be licking his lips at that. You would have thought, thinking, well, I can really get, <laughs> I can really get after these. I'd like to think so, anyway. Uh, you know, we, we don't see what happens. We don't know how it works, really, do we? So that's a, you know, it's kind of just we're just hoping, really. But um, I do think looking at it all, and I'm trying not to be too biased. I do think Everton have got some grounds for some, um, you know, um, factors for how, for why, you know, mitigating circumstances for why, you know, why, why we were, we are where, where we were, um, which we don't need to go into. You know, yeah, we've, 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 we've been through them before that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the stadium, the, you know, Osmanov not being able to uh, provide was a massive thing, obviously, because of the, because of the, the sanctions, it just pulled everything away in terms of the finances. And we're so hamstrung with the stadium costs due to that. Yeah, and there's a few other factors too. So I think it's, I think they've got grounds there. Um, I feel there's good opportunity to to get something back from that. And like I say, if they can squash that, squash that while doing it, then then fantastic. But it's just so depressing, isn't it? It's just like, um, I don't know. It just feels a bit raw this time. You know, what I mean, it, it does feel like you know, you try not to get too conspiracy theory theory about it, but then. You, you try, you can't help but think like, are they really coming after us here? Or is there a problem with just us? Have we done, you know, <laughs> have we done something particularly wrong to it? You know what I mean? It just, I don't know. It just, kind of, it just really sucks. You know what I mean? And just, and just, just get a bit so fed up of it. And it's just with, with that and the takeover or lack of takeover, there's nothing you can really do to affect the squad really or anything really. You can't do anything really at the moment until that's done. So either way, you know what I mean? So it just feels real limbo at the moment and. Going a little off topic, kind of, and that like if you, if if a, if a fast forward to the end of the season and we've survived and all that, like God knows what happens with the squad. We've got a lot of players going out of contract. We've got a lot of uh, you know, what can we do? We, can we even sign players upon contracts at the moment? I, I've got no idea who could you know who can make these decisions. What can we do? So it's um, I really worry about the future, regardless if we stay in the league or not, due to due to what's happening with the or lot of what isn't happening with the takeover either way at the moment as well. So. I'm a bit more concerned about that than the breach um, and what happens mm-hmm. with that at the moment. But yeah, yeah, it's a real, real sorry state, really. I remember when the the first time, the first time around, when there was a breach and reports of a breach, and then it was off to some commission and committee. And I remember feeling quite 
kind of uptight and quite um, anxious about it and and thinking, oh my word, what does this mean? And oh no, we're here again. We're going to be down the bottom and blah, 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 blah. And then, then we got the 10 point deduction. I remember that being a day of shock, really. When this came about the other night, I hardly felt a thing. It was weird. It was almost like, oh, whatever. Just, you know, just, just, <laughs> just, just get on with it. Just, well, what, what, you know, yeah. I mean, um, I don't really have any, it's, it's been so strange. I'm, I'm really, because people ask you about it, don't they? People say, oh gosh, Everton are in pr- trouble again. And when you go, yeah, it, 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 like, it, it, I think they expect more. I think they expect some kind of dramatic um, speech. And I just don't feel that at the moment. I just, maybe I'm naive. I am naive. I know I am. But I, I, maybe I am. Maybe I am definitely naive in that I think from the outside looking in, even as an Evertonian with all my blue tinted glasses on, I look at it and think, surely, surely there will be some common sense in a, in amongst all this at some stage, because this seems so absurd that we're the only team to have ever been pulled up on it, apart from Forrest, obviously, but, you know, the only team to have ever been pulled up on anything like this. And then, then we're pulled up again in the same season for a different time period. Um, for all the reasons that Paul has just outlined, and there, there are more, aren't there? You just think, come on, like, this seems scattergun it seems like they're making it up as they go in along like there's no real there's no real kind of um um there's no real rules drawn out well the rules but there's no punishment drawn out so if if you right. that's the key if you break these rules then you don't know what's going to happen and it just so happens of course it does that everton are the first team that get punished <laughs> and i don't know i i mean Maybe I'm lucky. Maybe I've just got into a position now with it where I'm not stressed about it because I just think, well, all I can do really is watch the team play a football match. If we get three points or we're through in the cup, then that's some kind of, you know, offset against something that's going to come down the line at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I feel I don't feel anxious about it. I just feel completely and utterly numb and done with it, really. Um, just get on with it. Just if you really want us to be relegated, just make sure it's done. Let's get all. Let's let's you know. I don't know. Let's just fast forward. I just. <laughs> yeah, like Sisyphus pushing a rock up a hill, isn't it? <laughs> just we just can't seem to to get out of it. I mean, it's it's a shame that that Richard Masters isn't get, isn't going to be the one that our uh, our super silk KC is going to be grilling. Because I think he would probably there'd be lots of holes to exploit there. I mean, he in that um, committee hearing, he was fairly sh- sure of himself on the rules and the rules. I mean, the rules in his right, the rules are there, and Everton and all the the nineteen other teams at the time in twenty fourteen or whenever it was voted those in. I think you're seeing that the practical implementation of those rules is nonsense because you can get punished ordinarily i think it would be what 66 percent of the of the the time period because we've got that double covid year it's 75 percent. so we can get punished twice for the same time period and it's all so retrospective i mean we're th- talking three years three years hence now when that which is three managers ago <laughs> you know it's 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 transfers 
from three years ago. Most of the people involved have all left the club and Mashiri's got one foot out the door. So really, you're punishing the people who are left, most notably the players, the current manager and the fans, of course, with what I think we've all agreed, and it seems like the rest of football agrees, was a ridiculously harsh 10-point penalty, given the fact that Portsmouth were docked nine for actually going into administration. And we were, you know, in breach by 20 million. And these mitigating circumstances were just kind of just brushed just brushed aside by the commission. Um, when I think that uh, the thing that the thing that, that I keep coming back to is there ought to be a level of latitude and some common sense here that isn't being applied because the Premier League have, have said you are in breach of the rules and you're in breach by this much. And they're trying to do it as black and white as possible when it's really not that black and white, particularly when you look at the fact that we have a, a net spend of, depending on how you calculate it, either 28 to 54 million over the last five years. And Chelsea has spent over 750 million. So it, <laughs> yes, they are, they are technically not in breach or they may eventually be found you know, guilty of whatever Abramovich was up to years and years ago. And City may eventually potentially probably not get hauled up on one of their 115 different charges. But the fact remains that they continue to, to be able to go out and spend whatever they like. And Everton have effectively been in a transfer embargo for three years. This season, we're probably going to, the, 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 the number of places that we will lose in the table will amount to about a 20 million pound fine, you know, penalty. And then obviously you got the 10 points on top of that. So it's just... I just can't get past the fact that it just still seems like an inordinately harsh punishment when you stack it up with what happens in the rest of the Premier League. And as L, you know, L keeps saying on Twitter is the fact that Manchester United are allowed to carry a billion pounds in debt purely for the fact that there is someone out there like a Sheikh who will pay five billion and wipe all that away. So so in terms of sustainability, in quotes, Chelsea are fine because, you know, someone will pay billions for them. And United are fine, Liverpool are fine. The, the big six are fine in terms of sustainability because of their commercial revenue and just their basic worth. Everton don't have that luxury. And as I said, we've got ourselves into a massive hole through the actions of a few people, most of whom were gone. And it was years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, well, it's sad. Well, well, there's a sad thing about it. And Sean Dyche alluded, alluded to it um, uh, on, I think, Monday in his, in his press conferences. We've had to let young players, we've had to sell young players off. You know what I mean? Which you might be yeah. arguing, like, is it Samuel Smith, is that his name? They're really promising left back. You Samuel you might, Smith, yeah. You might have had a game or two this season. Uh, like, he certainly would have been on the belt. That hunt's on the bench, I'm sure. He was on the bench last season, so I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would have featured by now this season. Um, you know, uh, Tom Cannon. He looked. It looks a promise of like, You know, really started the. You know, that, had that injury uh, this season at Leicester. He's really sort of going well. Look, looks a very handy player. He, he could have. He, he could. He could have been a player we could have. You know, really liked to have mm-hmm. kept hold of. And you know, I mean, yeah. we just haven't been able to to do anything like that. You know, we had to sell players off. For, you know, and you know, not be able to spend them. As you say, and we've covered this before. And now, and. It, it, we're doing all this. We've done all this work of sort of working with the the FA and uh, you know having them that fine transfers and that. Like we might as well have just kept hold of a Charles and say, yeah, you know I mean, like and yeah, you know, or, or or whatever else, or just you know, because could the fine have been any worse? Yeah, you know I mean, and, and yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, sorry, the, the, the point deduction, sorry, but any worse? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's 
I hope they can just present themselves properly. And obviously, we don't we don't get to say any of this, of course. But just hope they can just make the best case for themselves themselves this time. We don't know exactly what happened last time, but that they've got you know, that they changed to a this really sort of top draw lawyer to sort of to sort of represent them suggests that they're really sort of you know trying hard with this one. At least put a, bit, a lot more focus than maybe they thought. Maybe they thought last time. I will be okay, or we're not going to get it's not going to be that severe. I don't know. They, maybe they weren't as bothered about it for some reason. I don't know. But like, they seem to be much more bothered about it now. So that's that's the first hurdle we got to overcome. Let's get that. And in the meantime, Sean Dice has got to carry and protect the players from it, and uh, on the pitch, just keep on eking out results. And it's just yeah, real sad. And yeah, you're right, Andy. You would like to just fast forward it really, and just and just see what see what happens of it because it's no fun, is it? You know. I'll tell you what about fast forwarding and, and the, the the thing that I've got in my head now and I keep coming back to it and every time I think about like kind of the, the future I it kind of gives me a, a really uneasy feeling is the the, the ownership thing um, and I hear and read a few things that says oh well you know um, there's always the stadium to sell off there's always the stadium to sell off this the new stadium I mean um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know why I've just got that going around in my head like kind of like a carousel at the moment that that we could go all the way through this build we could actually be penalised for the build um, and all the associated costs that go with it and if the new owners or whoever comes in decides that the best thing for Everton Football Club is to sell off the new stadium and effectively rent it back I think that would be absolute tra- that would be tragic. Really, um, mm. and I don't know. I, I'm no expert. I don't know what it would need to come to to get to that point. But um, that is the one thing that I have allowed myself to kind of get worried about. Is is that you know, um, if we look forward, to, well, we haven't really. We haven't had the opportunity to look forward to a new stadium because it's just been chaos. But if there is this thing that's apparently going to be a real positive and, and and move us on and put us hopefully into a, a different on a different standing for for that to effectively not really be ours i i i get worried about that um and that's slightly off tangent because that's nothing to do with really the deductions or anything but it's just i think it just shows the kind of depth of what we are worrying about at the moment um and it's not football, is it? It's not. It's not us scoring goals or having a. I don't know. Look at you know, like, like the good old days. Remember <laughs> we used to talk about the kind of the games and um, yes, and our favourite players yeah. and um, you know, uh, I don't know. It just that's the depressing bit for me. Yeah, that's where the game is, isn't it? Um, speaking of the ownership, anyone have anything anything to add on seven seven seven? partners in this never-ending takeover no not really um, <laughs> I, just can't look, I, I just can't look at these guys in, in in suits and caps much longer well i don't know i mean part of me wants them to to, to be having to look at them all the time at least that'll mean it's uh it's it, 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 it's sorted either way I, I don't i don't know enough about it obviously but I don't really know what I want to happen, to be honest with that. You know, hearing so many bad stories about it and about about them and what they've done, you, you, you think, oh, I'm not sure I want these guys in charge of us, but we need a resolution yeah. either way. Yeah. So they, they want that to, they want them to go, part of me thinks, okay, well, 
oh, maybe it's not as bad as everyone says. Come on, let's give them a chance, and here you go. The other part of me thinks, like, oh, get shut of these guys. Let's get another. You know, some, surely somebody else wants to wants to wants to take it on, but. We can't stay on in this limbo. We, we just, we just can't because I'm right in saying they've got uh, exclusivity as well. So it's not like we can do anything else. We can't just like you know in in, in the meantime we're, we're stuck. We can't do and, and if the FA is saying no, oh, it's going to be weeks and weeks until we we know what, what what's happening with that. Then what what the heck are Everton supposed to do? Yeah, you know, it's feels it's feels like getting punished, punished every which way at the moment. It's um. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, there's so nothing. Got... There's nothing the club can do right now because <laughs> as of September, Mashiri effectively has sold it to Seven Seven Seven, and they're just waiting for the green light from the Premier League. And obviously, if they don't get it, then we revert back to Mashiri still being the owner. So no, we can't. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Mashiri. You know, there's probably someone talking to someone. You know, outside of the of the agreed sale, uh, just in case it does fall through. But um, yeah, it is. It is just a limbo. And I, I don't know what to think about these these people either because the, the stuff that you hear about them on the financial side is is truly frightening. The way that they handle their 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 business, the 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 number of people who just don't end up getting paid or they get paid late. Um, you know, they do seem to sort of have a habit of coming up with the money in the end, but not before the likes of Vasco da Gama and Standard Liège have transfer bans imposed by FIFA. Uh, or you know, or their local, uh, you know, their local footballing authority, as I think was the case in Belgium. You know, I mean, that's just that's got Everton written all over it. You know, more more transfer embargoes and all this kind of thing. But on the football side, you know, with uh, they've got Don Dransfield, I think it was who's the ex uh, City Group fellow. They they seem, and they've got that um, that really highly regarded sporting director, who's kind of the the head of their global football operation, who I think would take part or a fair, actually a fair part of Kevin Thelwell's responsibilities if the takeover goes through. I mean, they seem to have their head screwed on there. And in terms of the you know, the football clubs and, and their performance on the pitch, there is a they do seem to be doing okay there. But that's not going to help if the financial side of their operation is, you know, about to fall off a cliff. So it, it does seem very dicey to me, very dicey. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know what to think. I mean, I've not got, I've not got the insight or the um, or the knowledge to know much about them. But everything I read about them is quite negative, um, or not everything, but you know what I mean. Business wise, it is. Um, but it's a bit like what Paul just said. I mean, do you kind of <laughs> do do you rip the rip the plaster off, and you know it's going to really hurt. Um, <laughs> But but in a couple of days, it might be a bit better for it. Um, or do you kind of keep the plaster on? <laughs> it's a, quite a poor analogy, but you know what I'm saying. It's, well, it's, what, which is which in that analogy? Uh, I would say ripping the plaster off is probably seven 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 getting in. Um, right. And in, in, yeah. in, 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 you just you know it it's going to hurt, and um, it may not. I don't know. It, 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 there might be some pain short term. Until you actually see what's underneath, um, but then I don't know. By keeping it on, you're you're also. It, it would be brilliant, wouldn't it, if if the Premier League actually made a decision anytime soon, and that it was relatively quick, and it was a no, but there was Mister and Mrs X Y and Z behind it, ready to come in, who 
were in a good position to take the football club on. I, I mean, that would be the ideal scenario, but that that involves a decision at some point, um, which doesn't seem to be forthcoming. I mean, what what is the delay? I mean, it's either, yes, these guys can run a football club or no, they can't, surely. Um, well, it seems from what Masters said was that they haven't received the information that they need from 777 partners to be able to make a definitive decision. In yeah, which case, surely at some point you say you either deliver it now or you just can't, you can't. Yeah. And in which you time can't they're, actually, they're actually paying for the, they're paying for running costs of the football club anyway, aren't they? Uh, should, yeah. 142 million pounds so far loans with more to come. I mean, if, if it's going to be a period of weeks and let's say weeks is a month at least, that's probably another 20 million because that's how much we need on an ongoing basis just to keep the stadium financed and the, the lights on. So in, so surely it's in their interest to give the paperwork over. If that's the holdup, yes, you would think so. But I just, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's all just so murky. Do, do you know what? When I was, so I, I, I've, I've been on, I, I've been on, um, I've been on a week of early shifts, and that that is very early, getting up at four o'clock in the morning. And sometimes when you're driving a car at that time in the morning, your brain just wanders. Yeah. And I was listening to something the other morning when I was driving in to work and I thought to myself how many people would it need to each give a thousand pounds to get hold of Everton and the the, kind of the math is you know it's a lot of people it's millions of people but I mean it, yeah. I, I thought can the Top <laughs> Web podcast start some kind of GoFundMe <laughs> GoFundMe like on speed can we can we do this? I reckon I could find three hundred pounds to start. Let's go. Uh, I, I thought, crikey, is it, you know, it, is there? A, I mean, obviously that's an absurd idea, but like, it, surely at some point, the, 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 there has to be a plan B. Yeah, uh, if wow. every if every person who went into Goodison each week, so forty thousand people gave a thousand, then obviously that's forty million. That, you know, you would need 10 times that to, to get Mashiri's supposed asking price, which if 777 get rejected, then that's going to have to come down, surely, unless there is someone waiting in the wings. But Well, that's it. If that price really comes down, like, I don't know, like, look, oh, well, like John Henry bought Liverpool for, for example. You know what I mean? Like, it's, um, you know, yeah. there's, you, there might be people that go, oh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I don't know. It's quite like, I don't know, you play Monopoly and, like, the, the person that you, you're playing against, like, completely broken, just like, at the, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's futile, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's like, all right, I'll, all right I'll, I'll take you to the for 20 quid. All right. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, <laughs> it goes a bit like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but like just as you were saying, like the um, it, it seems to be able to just like uh, find money when they need to. These guys and in, in their sort of different sort of guises at different um, different clubs. Remember, have you seen that that documentary, the the Fire Festival? When um, this, yes, yeah, yeah I haven't seen the documentary, but I know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. feels like that guy who's just like um, you got to pay for this this <laughs> this festival and like um, in the Caribbean somewhere, Blink One Eight Two, we're going to play, and the guy and. Uh, operating costs just to keep spiraling out of control so the guy would disappear for a few days come back with a load of wedge of money and they go again and eventually it just all went to all went to, to crap which isn't well if that was the analogy i was looking for it's probably not a good one but, but like um, i don't know though but this is the thing it does have a whiff of that yeah you know? yeah it i does. don't know 
I don't know. So, so uh, Everton, Everton have got three million followers on X, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dismiss one million of those as hangers on. They're they're, 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 they're and bots. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and a few journalists here and there. Okay, so two million. <laughs> Could we find two million people that are willing to put five hundred pounds in a pot? Well, how many of them two million are rich as well? You know, what I mean, like you know, there's Wayne Rooney still followers. You know, what I mean, he could, he, he could do more than a grand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah, maybe based on based on you know zeros in your bank account should be how much you're expected to to, to, to chip in. So five hundred pounds each, two million people is one billion pounds. Oh, easy then. I could keep. I could keep us. I could keep us going for about three months. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. There we go. It started then. Okay, there you go. Start. You start the GoFundMe. The 18th of January, we're off and running. <laughs> Two million. Well, actually, one point nine 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 seven million to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone just. Uh... I'll put my bank details. I would just pay it into me, please. And uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we never saw Paul again. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's just hope something gets resolved soon because it's just. I mean, it can't. It just can't drag on. Anyway, <clears throat> let's um, let's do a weekly question, and let's uh, let's uh, let's see. We have Andre Gomez to thank for the fact that he scored the. Uh, the first direct free kick that an Everton player has scored in four and a half years or something, which as, as, as I was listening to it, as he was lining it up, I was, I was trying to think back to the last time we'd scored. I couldn't think of it. So thankfully you know, it's come out since that it was, that it was Luca Dean, but uh, uh, Paul, your favorite uh, direct free kick scored by an Everton player. I think like the one that everyone sort of loves in like relatively recent years would be like the Leighton Baines one against Newcastle. It's, it's such a good hit, isn't it? It's it's just beautiful. But one I I'm going way back to uh ninety three, ninety four season when um Andy Hinchcliffe scored a free kick away at QPR and uh won as the game um ninety third minute or something like that and the three two win a very important win because we're really battling relegation. Obviously, um, that's what we got. All we got, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. But it's such a yeah, and I think then as well, we, we never really scored three kicks. We never really have, or at least like um, maybe I've gone through little spells of, of scoring, like Arteta hitting a few in and stuff like that, and in later years. But certainly back then in '93, '94, we didn't really have you know who you'd have a free kick. You wonder who would take it, Peter Beagley, maybe. Fecky, yeah, <laughs> so like that. You didn't really have many too, too many real options. And seeing Hinchcliffe sort of whip one in like that um, was so important. Yeah, the, the days when you, you'd listen to it on the radio, which we, everyone's just had to do the other day, and then um, just catch it on match of the day later on. It was just, um, yeah, I remember waiting up. I was a young lad and like waiting up for it, and just like, uh, just so still remember vividly uh, what what a great goal it was. So that was probably still my favourite free kick, Andy Hinchcliffe. I think wow. I was in Amsterdam when he scored that. Oh, really? <laughs> in this tiny little, tiny little hotel room with a tiny TV in the corner. Yeah. And the game was on. <laughs> I was watching the highlights. Oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. um, well, the first thing I've got written down here is Baines Newcastle away. But, I mean, you know, I, I think that we can probably accept that between the three of us, that would be very, very high. The f- one of the, f- not the first, but what one of the... One of the earliest free kicks I can actually remember um, 
and sticking in my mind. For some reason, Alan Stubbs scored one at Stoke in the FA Cup oh, yeah. third round. I don't know why that sticks in my head. We won 1-0. I just checked, actually. We won 1-0. Um, 2002, I think, something like that. Um, which, I don't know why that sticks in my mind. Um, that was uh, that was notable. But I, I think I'm going to go... The one the one I reckon is the best, and it's it's probably only the best because there was one before it, was Baines's second at West Ham. Mm-hmm. That's mine too. Is it? <laughs> well, just just for the audacity of know. it, mm. you know, I mean, to have done it once, yeah, to put it in the other, put it on the other corner. Yeah, just so I think, I think the, uh, in isolation, it's of course yeah. it's a brilliant free kick. Yeah, the fact that he's already done the first one yeah. just makes the second one like, oh my <laughs> word, what what's this? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I've I've taken it off your tongue there. No, not at all. Not at all. Because we you know we we both have the same have the same idea, which is which is fine. I, I, it's just it's like you say. It's just the audacity of it, and he was he was just so impudent with it. You know, that yeah. was so. I mean, that we haven't we haven't had a great kind of bank to choose from in recent years, no. have we? I mean, Arteta scored a few. Yeah. I saw the Lukaku one the other night. Um, James Palace was, was that it? Against, was that against? Oh, that's because yeah, it was yeah. against Palace. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Good free kick, but no, we haven't had like we haven't had masses to choose from in recent years, really. And, uh, no, and it's a shame because sorry, Paul. I was going to say some some teams have you know it's almost like a like a penalty for them. Like you know, you get Ward <laughs> Prowse up there, and it's all of a sudden you think, oh shit, he's going to score it. But we just, I mean, honestly, the, the number of times that either McNeil, not McNeil, Ashley Young, or James Garner's put it into the wall mm. on a on a routinely basis. So it's fantastic that Gomez actually stepped up and smacked one in. I think as well. I'll never really see. I never go. I can never recall seeing Gomez try his luck with a free kick, and I think. You think back, he's had a lot of injuries, hasn't he, the last couple of years? And before that, I guess he was in the team where he had Luca Dean, he had Sigurdsson, he had uh, the Charleston. Yeah, I mean, play other players who did, James Rodriguez, other players who the you know who who get the nod ahead of him, obviously to take the free kick. So um, maybe the answer's been there all this time, and we just haven't been been letting him near free kicks. Um, one mad one I thought of as well, which I just really uh, like devilishly like was um, 2004 2005 season. Thomas Gravison scored a free kick against Bolton. And he gave me one three two. Um, he scored to make it two all. I just loved it because um, if you ever watch it back, it, it would never be allowed now with VAR and all that. But um, Alan Stubb just uh, bulldozed a couple of players off the off the edge of the wall, <laughs> <laughs> and that, which, which created a massive gap. Which uh, Gravison yeah. obviously wouldn't have scored if that wouldn't have happened. So it's just the uh, just the uh, like the the, the shit of it was uh, was was quite good. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that I mean I think what Gomez has scored four goals for us in his time with us, and two of them have already come this season, like in the, within the last month. So it's it's fairly ironic that he's showing his best stuff now when he's about to leave. But if you look back at his Valencia days, the YouTube clips of him when he was Valencia, he was an incredibly gifted player, which is why yeah. I was so excited when we we're going to sign him, and we just haven't, for whatever reason, just haven't seen it enough, you know, in a blue shirt. Let's hope he has a kind of uh, a good five months. Well, we need him to. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he could be a huge player for us. You know, just keep him away from our box. That's all. Yeah. I'm well, especially <laughs> in you know in the role he played last night. Um, you know, if he's got two central midfielders behind him, yeah. who have good legs and whatever else, 
then maybe he can be the decision maker that I was on about. He can he can be that player in the final third if and when we need him. Um, yeah. In which in, in which case, I was thinking about it today actually. You know, if that is going to be the case, and he is going to be fit and he's going to be available, it's still much 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 cheaper than kind of trying to find someone else to do it. You know, because he's already here, and you've got to pay him what five months more wages, and that's that. I mean, I know it's a yeah. lot of money every month, but it's still not as much as if it would be if you had to bring someone on new in, probably. So, yeah. you know, now he's here and starting to come back into the team. You know, I hope he does as well as he possibly can, and then we get the benefit at least at the end of his contract. Yeah. All right, well, we'll finish this episode with some words about John Hurst, who's passed away, uh, unfortunately, at the age of 76. According to the announcement on Everson's website, he'd been ill for some time, which is uh, sad to hear, and I actually wasn't aware of that. Uh, Paul and I were lucky enough to spend an evening with uh, Joe Royal and Hursty, as Big Joe called him, uh, back in 2018, was it, Um, for a dinner uh, that uh, Dr. David France uh, hosted at the Liverpool Cathedral. Um, it actually was a lot of fun to see them, uh, to see the two of them banter with each other all evening. Uh, and John's wife was telling us how he and Joe are still used to meet every week uh, for coffee, like uh, like clockwork. So, I mean, that was it was a great evening, wasn't it, Paul? It was a really nice evening. Uh, Gala family on the table as well, didn't we? And uh, a lot of uh, yeah. good luck around a lot of a lot of ex Everton people and, and people associated with Everton. It was really uh, really a privilege to be there. And um, yeah, they're really good company, uh, John and uh, and Joe. Just <laughs> you, you could see them as like mischievous young lads, couldn't you? And they were yeah. still just had yeah. a mischievous uh, <laughs> side to them. Uh, just yeah, all you know, full of quips and jokes, and just just real nice people. And uh, the the other halves too were really 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 nice. So um, yeah, uh, you know, very yeah, sad to hear that about John because obviously I, I, I you know, had not, never had anything to do with him since then, you know, at, at all. But it was just yeah, real. Uh, just some pe- some people you just remember fondly, and he was a really nice, warm fella. And uh, yeah, hope his family are all okay. And uh, yeah, nice to meet him just for a few hours. Everton have um, put up a lovely black and white photo of him, um, which obviously says 1947 to, to twenty twenty four John Hurst, but it's a black and white photo. And you can he's, he's, the backdrop looks like the, the kind of the Bullens Road stand, I would say, but you can just tell it's Goodison. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful in a way. You have got a black and white photo, which is quite close up of somebody, and you can just tell that's Everton at Goodison. It's a it's a lovely photo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the that's the part of Browning Moor Dock so far that I don't think we're going to have. It's going to be instantly recognisable. And I keep saying it, I keep sort of putting on Twitter and hopefully some of the club will pick it up, is that I want something inside the ground that you know immediately from pictures and, mm. and maybe a, a quick replay that that is, that is Everton Stadium. Because, you know, that just to have that the backdrop of the Archibald Leach, you know, um, mm. the crisscross design, you've had it behind Pele, you've had it behind Eusebio, mm. or Dixie Dean, all these greats. And it's, I mean, to lose that. I mean, I don't know how, you know, what you'd replace it with, really. But anyway, yeah, that's a good point. Lovely photo that of John, and yeah, isn't it on the, on the Twitter? Yeah, it's a yeah, nice photo. Yeah, our, con- our condolences to John's family and friends and everyone connected to uh, at, at Everton who knew him. Uh, but that's it for us. As we mentioned, uh, we've been trying to record our annual quiz, but various circumstances have prevented us uh, from doing that so far. But perhaps we'll try and get together to do that in, the next, in this next strange hiatus that we have uh, from Everton being in action. Failing that, we'll be back after the FA Cup fourth round tie 
against Luton. Until then, as ever, Blues, thanks so much for listening. Take care and up the toffees. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. Rocketmoney.com slash pod24. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.